0: Welcome to the Let's Think About That podcast where we don't just react. We'll break it down and think about it. We're going to talk news, the law, sports, whatever we're thinking about. We're your host, Ed Yeager and Lee Allen. Lee, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well, Ed. I hope you are.
0: I am good. We're surviving the summer heat here.
1: We have a heat advisory for the next 24 hours. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, it's pretty hot.
1: Unbearably hot, some might say.
0: So have you seen this story out of Washington that just occurred over the last few days with all the spending that's being proposed in the Senate?
1: I have indeed. It's easy to spend other people's money, especially when you have a printing press.
0: Seems like that's what they're doing. First they passed the trillion-dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill, and now they're working on a $3.5 trillion spending proposal or spending resolution it doesn't actually appropriate money but it talks about the Democrats priorities
1: is and, and is I is this the one that they believe they may be able to use or to pass uh, via uh, budget reconciliation that's right and and this will have all the quote items of infrastructure that that they didn't get in the trillion dollar infrastructure package in this budget bill
0: that's exactly right. Since you mentioned that two-track system, that is something we have a little bit of audio on because Schumer talked about that just within the last day. This is what he had to say.
2: So to my colleagues who are concerned that this does not do enough on climate, for families, and making corporations and the rich pay their fair share, we are moving on to a second track, which will make generational transformation in these areas. Once this bill is complete, the Senate will immediately turn to the second track in our two-track strategy, passing a budget resolution that will unlock historic investments in American jobs, American families, and the fight against tr- for climate change. The two-track strategy is proceeding full steam ahead.
0: Full steam ahead. So what they did is they, they got one track, which is the bipartisan bill. They peeled off some Republicans to support infrastructure because that's kind of a bipartisan deal. Republicans like good bridges, good roads. Of Bring course, they're the defining imp- Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're defining infrastructure broadly. So some of them are bringing the bacon home to their state, like you said.
1: Eighteen Republicans, including our two
0: senators. The second track is then they use the reconciliation process so they don't have to deal with the filibuster requirement or the filibuster rules in the Senate and try to ram it through that way.
1: And there's some quirk, and I'm I'm sure you understand this better than I do, but there's some – Pelosi has made what I'll call a threat that essentially the trillion-dollar infrastructure bill does not pass the House unless the Budget Reconciliation Act does as well, correct? Correct.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure it's really a quirk as much as her political power. Yeah.
1: And and there's some thought that the budget reconciliation package would not pass the Senate. Is that correct?
0: Well, as I understand it, Manchin has still expressed doubts about spending this much money. And Sinema
1: said she was not in favor, correct?
0: She, she's not been in favor of it either. Uh, what actually passed is a is a budget resolution, which says this is how we want to spend the money. And then they have to actually separately appropriate the funds.
1: So for our, our listeners, what what is the purpose of the budget resolution? I mean, what good does it do other than allow a, a senator uh, to go back to the people and say, this is how I think we should have sp- spent our money and I voted for it? I mean, is that does it do anything other than that?
0: Yeah, what it does is it sets the top-line amounts that they'll send to each of the committees in the Senate. And then those committees start participating in the legislative drafting process for the appropriation bills.
1: The particular ones that apply to their uh, portfolio of the particular committees, correct?
0: That's correct. That's my understanding okay. of it. Okay. And I'm sure there are a lot of arcane Senate rules that have something to do with this.
1: And if you were an old-line conservative Democrat from Alabama or Mississippi in the 1930s, you'd know all about that.
0: That's right. <laughs> um,
1: so, um, does the does the budget resolution deal with the debt limit?
0: That's an interesting question because it seems to not deal with it at this point, and so there's a separate issue that they're going to run up on the. The spending limitation, you know, sometime this fall, as I heard, September or October, and they're mm-hmm. trying to pass a separate debt limit extension.
1: Not necessarily another track, to use uh, the majority leader's term, but but as part of this this budget bill, correct? In other words, if you don't have the debt limit extension, the budget bill is only going to do so much, correct?
0: Well, I think they have to pass the debt limit extension, regardless, or else they run up on another so-called shutdown.
1: Okay. Either way?
0: Either way. Okay. Now, there was some discussion, and I don't know that this is, I don't know where this stands, but I saw something that they said they wanted to just take away that whole debt limit issue for future purposes through the reconciliation process.
1: Wow. Interesting.
0: But, you know, some of the things that are dumped into this $3.5 trillion bill, and now, I've seen some things that say it's not three and a half trillion; it's more like five point two trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. But it includes huge expansions in programs such as universal pre-K, tuition-free community college, paying for family and medical leave programs, as well as those infrastructure pieces I couldn't get into the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and then giving green cards to basically every illegal immigrant in the country.
1: Just unbelievable. Let's 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 peel that a little bit if we can particularly as it relates to free community college. And and I haven't read the bill, but then again, most of the people who voted for it haven't read it either. It's 2,700 pages long in the, well, that's in the trillion dollar bill. Um, or maybe that's in the, the budget. I, I'm not sure which one. Anyway, is there a limit to how many semesters, how many years, how many quarters, however you want to define or however the school does? Um, to free community college? In other words, could you go forever? Does free mean that tuition, books, fees are paid, or does it also include living expenses? And then I assume it would be set up not unlike some of the federal student loan programs would be administered by either a separate entity or the Department of Education would essentially write checks to what typically are state government entities, the community colleges all across the country for anyone who wants to go?
0: Yeah, the way I understand it, from the things that I read, it would be a grant of money to each state, uh, and then the state would determine how they applied that and distributed it within their system.
1: So it could become one of the famous unfunded mandates in the future?
0: Well, it's capped.
2: Okay.
0: and I don't recall the exact amount. I'll pull up that budget resolution in a moment, but uh, it's a, it's a cap of a certain amount of money that would be used for those purposes. But it's in it's in the billions of dollars.
1: Wow. And and then the Family and Medical Leave Act. I assume what that would involve is some sort of almost like unemployment insurance for an employee who uses the leave that that statute provides for medical purposes or family purposes such that it replaces the income or some portion of income that might be lost while using it, correct?
0: That's exactly right.
1: Okay. And I assume that would be set up similarly with a grant to states for them to parcel out among folks that choose to use it.
0: That's the idea behind it, yes.
1: With the idea that somebody in eastern North Carolina would probably get paid less uh, than somebody in Manhattan.
0: Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to that. Um, unemployment compensation is based to a degree on a person's income, income when they were employed. Right. So uh, the logical assumption I would make would be that any type of family leave would similarly be based on their income. Right. Whether, so
1: that if you live in a, an area with a high cost of living, you typically would make more and thus qualify for more, more benefits. That's right. So not only would federal government grow exponentially, but state government would have to grow accordingly in order to administer the bulk of these programs that would be new if this law passes.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So if you're a budding bureaucrat, it's a good day.
0: They are gambling on the fact that giving away money is usually popular to a lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they've talked about free college tuition for a long time, and now they're trying to do something about it. Of course, paid family leave was an issue with Ivanka Trump that she was trumpeting when she was in the White House. Also,
1: right. California has the uh, the first two years of college, and has for a, a number of years, decades even, um, paid for by by state government, be it at the community college level, the junior college level, or or A four-year institution I wonder if there are any other states currently that do that as I sit here I'm uh, you know part of if not almost total uh, basis for the incredible increase in the cost of brick-and-mortar colleges has been the federal student loan program and I wonder uh, if this uh, bill wouldn't uh, increase the cost of community college uh, in a similar fashion.
0: Well, it seems entirely possible, but I don't know I don't know who would bear those costs except for the taxpayers uh, if, if, if it all gets reflected back through the state government to the yeah. federal government. Yeah. Uh, and there are states that provide they usually term it scholarships, but they'll pay all the tuition if people maintain a certain GPA such as Georgia has a scholarship that they fund with lottery proceeds. Uh, for students who maintain a 3.0 GPA in, in state-supported institutions.
1: So that includes UGA and Georgia Tech in addition right. to community colleges and junior colleges?
0: Now, my, my issue with this is I think that if, if the federal government is going to become that involved in college education, it should be based on the needs of the country. Do mm-hmm. we need more engineers? Do we need more astrophysicists? or Whatever it is, you know, perhaps we want to fund some of that education just to give a blank check where people can go to school and study any
1: art history and whatnot. Right. Um, And and clearly uh, there, there, there's probably merit to that. And I think that the community college angle on that is important. I mean, you know, if you want to make money now uh, in this day and age, the place to go is community college and, and, and learn a trade, HVAC electrician type stuff, plumbing, Um, those kinds of things, Uh, mechanics, and and you're swimming in money Um, as soon as you get out. I know that the local uh, community college here, they they told our Rotary Club this, um, there's a big welding operation that's not too far from the community college, and if you enroll in the welding program at this community college, the day you enroll, you have a job when you leave. They need welders and folks like that with these technical uh, skills and these trades desperately, e- even before the labor shortage due to COVID. I wonder uh, if targeting it to community colleges and and that sort of uh, those sort of programs might might be a an approach like you've mentioned. It's clearly, we don't need more political science graduates like me. The liberal arts are in lesser demand, I think.
0: No, but they produce voters.
1: They do. And, you know, by the time this all gets wrapped up and money starts pouring out of the Treasury, it's going to be 2022 and it's an election year. Giving out money plays well with voters. Although, did you see the rumor sort of, and and I don't mean to change the subject, but did you see the rumor uh, that was going around this morning that um, Pelosi's talking about allegedly not running again, that she has no desire to be in the minority?
0: No, I did not see that, although I have suspected that if Republicans take the House over, that she would just resign.
1: Yeah, that would be her. This would be that would be 18 terms for her. Thirty six years is a nice career. She doesn't need the money. She has a heck of a retirement and she'll be able to sit on a number of corporate boards and make gobs and gobs of money. Um, So that's interesting. Since
0: you mentioned since you mentioned timing and then you mentioned Pelosi, I think that goes back to. To what we touched on a moment ago, which is that she don't want to let this pass unless she gets both bills.
1: Right. This is sort of her, her thing and, and, and maybe even ends up being her legacy. There was some uh, speculation last week that some of the 18 Republicans who voted for the infrastructure bill may have been doing so with the expectation and, and perhaps and certainly the hope that The votes would allow them some political cover at home probably, Um, but they were confident that because of Pelosi's stance that it takes two, that uh, neither would pass. Um, I don't know that I buy into that, but um, I did see some speculation in that regard.
0: Well, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens, because I would think that it's going to be a much harder vote If you're getting three and a half trillion dollars rammed down your throat to say, yeah, I voted for that trillion dollar infrastructure bill.
1: I saw some or heard some speculation on the radio this morning. Of course, Burr has already said he's not running again, Um, but uh, that um, there was some thought that that perhaps Senator Tillis, uh, particularly when he hears some of the squawking that some folks in this state are doing as a result of his vote in favor of the Infrastructure bill he might choose not to run again, and perhaps th- this is a foreshadowing of that I don't know
0: well, I think it all does come down to that uh, reconciliation bill because when when candidate Trump ran, he talked about infrastructure, President Trump early in his term talked about wanting an infrastructure bill. They never could get any type of agreement on the hill. I think you have Republicans who generally support infrastructure even if if it's not very fiscally conservative in this way. Right. But if they have any political sense, they're going to realize that we can't vote for that and then get this other piece.
1: Yeah, and and the infrastructure bill—I think I read somewhere that about 25 percent of that was true infrastructure, and the rest of it is fluff. Um, and and I think if if you had a true infrastructure bill to the tune of three, four hundred million dollars, even I don't think there'd be a whole lot of pushback among Republican and, and, and voters. Um, and I think you'd have a whole lot more than 18 Republican senators supporting that. Um, you know that it, But it, 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 it's going to be like Obama's shovel-ready jobs program. Uh, where, that weren't happen-
0: very shovel-ready. Yeah,
1: what happened to them? Where'd they go? You know, ever saw them. The program in this uh, bill that's going to uh, require uh, a study to determine whether uh, folks can be taxed based on the, the miles they drive each year, and, and so the, there's, a, there's a, an apparatus in the car to determine that. There's even talk about um, an ignition interlock device being required so as to do away, uh, at least in theory, with all driving while impaired offenses. It is a grab bag of liberal boondoggles
0: And part of the reason for that part about the miles people drive and creating new taxes is because the Biden administration is pushing so hard for electric vehicles. So those drivers won't be paying the traditional gasoline tax um, and just just as sh- I'm sure our listeners know, most of the cost of a gallon of gasoline goes to state and federal taxes. But- exactly. It's
1: taxed twice, at yeah. least. Um, and, you know, in our state, there's a state tax and, a, and, a, and then there's a federal tax. I, I assume in the big cities, in the red states, there might even be municipal uh, or local taxes as well. Um, and it's astronomical what those taxes are.
0: For... Entities, state and federal government, which have nothing to do with getting gasoline to your car. Right. They
1: don't and, and Biden was complaining today about the cost of gasoline such that he essentially begged OPEC or is going to beg OPEC to increase production at the same time that he has killed the domestic production of oil in this country. And that makes no sense. I mean there's no logic to that whatsoever.
0: Well, it makes political sense because I think he knows that the cost of gasoline is a problem for him. Inflation in general is up, and when people start seeing it in the gas tank, they're not going to be happy.
1: Yeah, what was the number today? Like 5.4% or something on an annual basis. And I I saw where um, some restaurant chain announced they were going to raise prices in 2021 as a result of inflation. Um, I don't think the president and his advisors quite grasp the impact of their decision with regard to the pipeline and the other um, oil and gas-producing killer initiatives that that they implemented early in the administration and and what it would do to gas prices. Now, why they missed that, I, I couldn't imagine.
0: Well, it's not just gas prices that are going to affect restaurants, but this labor shortage because people have received additional unemployment benefits and have made the decision not to go back to work.
1: That's right, and, and and the moratorium has been extended for at least sixty days, which is yet more incentive to, for people not to work. I mean, if you're not going to get evicted, what do you care? Um, and, and and I've seen locally, restaurants are, are going to fifty percent capacity, not because of COVID, not because of the Delta variant, but because they don't, they can't, they simply cannot get enough people to work.
0: All of that plays into inflation,
1: and it snowballs. And then I noticed on your, on your the clip from uh, Chuck Schumer where he talked about corporations paying their fair share. Surely, surely Chuck understands that corporations don't pay taxes.
0: No, I don't think he understands. I, I, just, I think this is a complete uh, – I, I don't think Democrats get that at all. Uh, if you talk about corporations being people, they'll start squawking about that. But they don't understand the rest of it. The, the whole idea that people form corporations and that those corporations are legal fictions, their income gets taxed more than once.
1: Right, the double, the old double tax uh, bugaboo. But you know, corporations pass those expenses on to their customers, and that leads to inflation. And it's just, it's 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 hard to fathom that after a uh, hundred and. Eight years, I guess, of income taxes in this country, at the federal level, uh, Democrats don't seem to understand and not not willing to accept raising income taxes on corporations is is necessarily going to result in higher prices.
0: I think it's just because they like saying fair share. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay right. their fair they, share. They're
1: counting on even if they do understand it, they're counting on their voters not understanding it.
0: Definitely going to be interesting fall when all this happens, because I think it's going to happen by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, because it, it won't happen in 2022 because it's an yeah. election year.
0: Yeah, that's what I meant. If, it, if it's going to happen, yeah. it has to be by the end of this year.
1: And, and, and you know, for for you and I, uh, the end of the year is coming quickly for most people. It's really coming quickly for Congress, because as, um, as our friend George Will says, they work Tuesday through Thursday uh, when they work.
0: But, you know, Lee, I, I know I've heard people complain, oh, they're taking another vacation. I'm not sure it's a bad thing. Oh, no. I think the, the more days they're not around, the less damage they can do. You
1: are so right. There, there is a theory, and I don't remember who came up with it, but I learned about it in college. America went to hell with the invention of air conditioning because the swamp in Washington, D.C. became habitable in the summertime, and Congress could stay in session longer. Um and when they're in session, you know, no nothing is safe. They're they're passing laws and doing god knows what to the to the family budget. Um and uh it's clearly we are better off without them there. They can't well, harm going,
0: us. Well it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. This is going to be uh uh, an ugly fight, potentially, not only between the Republicans and Democrats, but between the House and the Senate That's right. and various caucuses within each group. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe even some
1: interparty party stuff, particularly mm-hmm. among the Republicans.
0: The other story this week that you sent me a text about was uh, warrants being issued in Texas for the absent Democrat legislators.
1: 80 to 12 was the vote.
0: That's the vote in the Texas House of Representatives. Right. To issue the warrants. Mm-hmm. But now, as I understand it, the warrants are only good in Texas, so they've got to come back to Texas before the warrant can be served. Out of That's brain. right.
1: It's a it's a civil arrest warrant, and you and I had talked about that this morning. And, and then when we looked at the actual wording of the warrant itself, it, it's pretty clear that it can only be served in Texas. And so I guess the, because the, it's not criminal.
0: So what's the solution if it's not criminal? You just make them go to the House of Representatives and vote or at least be present to fill out the quorum?
1: I think they have to be present to achieve a quorum, and I guess the the idea is if they're in Texas, you can make it happen. If they're not in Texas, you can shame them into coming back or facing the political consequences of not doing that.
0: I mean, I, I guess if, if someone, the sergeant at arms or someone else can put their hands on them, they force them into the House chamber, you lock the door behind them. And then whoever has the gavel says, we have a quorum, let's vote. And the whole thing's over in five minutes.
1: Or, or maybe 10 because you have to have a quorum call. And so, you know, they call the roll. And But, yeah, pretty quickly.
0: Interesting. Do I mean, you think they use handcuffs? Yeah, it's probably all gentlemanly at that I, I point. I would assume so. Uh, I would hope you so. Know, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but two of them went to Portugal because they said they had non-refundable tickets. One was a
1: honeymoon, right?
0: I don't know. I didn't hear about that. I, I, I think
1: one that. of those is a honeymoon. Um, yeah. They, and, and I mean, they didn't go together, but they're both were going to. they both female and they're both Democrats and they're both in the Texas uh, House. And they're both uh, either there or have been to Portugal.
0: Well, here's one thing I learned about Portugal, because I went and researched this and it's on our Twitter feed. If anyone wants to see it, Portugal requires voter ID.
1: Because all sane countries require voter ID. That's right.
0: Well, I hope the solution to this is that in the next election, a lot of these Democrats are still in uh, the District of Columbia and get booted out of office.
1: Yeah, um, I think those in Austin and probably parts of Houston and Dallas are going to be safe. But, yeah, maybe there'll be some increase in the Republican majorities in Texas. And I, I note that the um, the Texas Supreme Court is entirely Republican. Uh, are
0: they elected they on a statewide basis?
1: I don't know about statewide basis, but they are elected, and they're all Republican because, you know, they're having that whole squabble with the uh, the, ju- the chief judge of Dallas County, which is what we would call the chairman of the Board of County Commissioners, has, uh, I guess, led an effort to require masks on children in elementary and Middle schools, at least, I'm not sure about high schools there, in in Texas, despite the governor's prohibition on requiring students to wear masks in schools. There was some judge that issued an injunction, and then the Texas Supreme Court said not so fast. Um, So we've got that bubbling up in Texas as well.
0: Well, and Texas continues to be burdened with thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants that uh, are coming across the border.
1: So. And they're, they're being turned loose in some instances, which we've talked about in the past, and I'm sure we'll talk about in the future.
0: Now, one other story that came out this week, it's an evolving story, and we've talked several times about the interpreters and translators from Afghanistan who helped the U.S. Try, uh, the US trying to evacuate them from the country, but Afghanistan is rapidly falling to the Taliban. There's a a story from Politico today that there are secret discussions or off-the-record discussions about having to evacuate the embassy there. So at a press conference yesterday, Biden was asked whether he regretted the decision to remove U.S. forces, and this is what he said.
1: In just the last few days, multiple cities in Afghanistan have fallen
0: to the Taliban. There's irrefutable evidence that a vast majority of those Afghan forces cannot hold ground there. Has your current plan to withdraw U.S. troops changed at all?
2: No. Look, we spent over a trillion dollars, over 20 years. We trained and equipped with modern equipment over 300,000 Afghan forces. And Afghan leaders have to come together. We lost thousands, lost death and injury, thousands of American personnel. They've got to fight for themselves, fight for their nation. The United States, I'll insist we continue to keep the commitments we made of providing close air support, making sure that their Air Force functions and is operable, resupplying their forces with food and equipment, and paying all their salaries. But they've got to want to fight. They have outnumbered the Taliban, and I'm getting daily briefings. I think there is still a possibility you have a, a significant new Secretary of Defense our equivalent was Secretary of Defense in Afghanistan, Bushmullah Khan, who's a serious fighter. I think they're beginning to realize they've got to come together politically at the top. And uh, but we're going to continue to keep our commitment, but I do not regret my decision.
0: He doesn't regret the decision, and he says that the uh, the Afghan army has to fight for their country.
1: Well, I think he's right. Um, You know, after twenty years of our blood and treasure uh, being, I mean, if if it doesn't mean enough to them to fight for it, I'm sorry, but we don't need to be there. And of course, you know, and we talked about this. I don't know if it was last week or, or, or in a previous episode, but Afghanistan is really. It's a country in name only. I mean, the problem is you have tribes there, and those tribes don't get along. And so the Afghan government is a conglomeration of various members of various tribes and as corrupt as it can be. And um, nobody's willing to stick their neck out for the Afghan national government. And and it's it's surprising that it's happening as quickly as it is, perhaps, but it's not surprising that it's happening. Uh, And I just, you know, I just don't think American... Men and women ought to go over there to fight and die for them if they're not willing to fight and die for themselves.
0: I agree with you in principle, but I just hate to see it happen before our very eyes because it is happening quickly, and it's going to be a humanitarian disaster. It is. And unfortunately, it's going to be a lot of people that the U.S. made promises to, which are uh, going to be the victims of some of this. And that
1: will be awful. And, and I, like, like you said, I, I wish that there had been some more thought put into it, uh, uh, saving, if you will, the people that had, had stuck their neck out for us. Um, but I, I think America uh, and the American people have to realize that we can't solve the world's problems in all instances. And as bad as that is, particularly when in this modern world, it'll be beamed into our living rooms, uh, 24/7. It, it's it's not our problem to solve. I mean, um, I don't. I'm not sure we have an interest there. I mean, there, there's it's, there's no uh, trade route, uh, ocean or air airways. Um, uh, they don't have any natural resources to speak of. If 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 Al Qaeda or some light group comes back and and lashes out at us or our allies in such a way that our, our, our interests are infringed. And I don't have any problem with doing what we need to do, but do it, do it hard, come home. Don't stay and stay and stay and stay and take their jobs and do them for them. You know, they sit back and, and do what they want, and, and we're doing all the heavy lifting.
0: I think there's truth to what you say about a lack of interest there, lack of an American interest in the country. The concern is that it doesn't become another staging ground, so to speak, for some other terrorist action against us, like 9/11 was. Right, and, and it and, probably
1: and, will, but I think you have to wait to see what happens and then take care of it as soon as it begins to happen, and not wait um, like like the administrations did with with Al Qaeda, both Republican and Democrat until they really had no choice after nine eleven, but to do something about putting some pesticide on the issue, so to speak. I don't want my children going to Afghanistan for those, for those people. I mean, they're not interested in becoming responsible, uh, a responsible nation, at least not enough of them. You
0: know? Well, I think that's probably the key is we can't smear them all that way. But no, no. Clearly, the majority of the country didn't stand up to the Taliban before for whatever reason. Uh, because the Taliban took control of the nation, uh, as it's happening now, it seems like not only is is the general populace in much of the, the country not standing up to the Taliban, but the they're either, sub, they're either 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 silently allowing it or supporting it, and the uh, official army isn't doing anything, or sure at either. least they're they're ineffective. Yeah, very unfortunate. It's very important. The the best outcome would have been a functioning government there. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have necessarily been a democratic government like we would see in the West, but just something that could function and maintain power. Fairly low bar.
1: Right. Just just a little bit of order would go a long way. Um, it wouldn't even have to be that large, and, and and it wouldn't necessarily even at this point have to control a lot of territory, just some, and then it could grow and develop. But it's just not, doesn't seem to be in the cards, and hasn't for um, for centuries in Afghanistan. It's it's been a um, the burial ground of empires.
0: Now I have a feeling we'll be talking about this again very quickly. I think so. So, what else is on your radar for this next week?
1: Well, the, the the usual stuff that we've been talking about, um, I'm not sure how much play it got, but I uh, see where Prince Andrew has been sued in federal court for uh, sexual abuse of a minor um, related to the Epstein uh, situation. I think that, that has the potential to be quite interesting. Um, I'm not a big fan of the royals and so forth, but uh, I do think that's a, a fascinating subject. And I think that we've not gotten to the bottom of it. And I think people want to kind of have some finality there. Um, I saw a story earlier this week. I think it was before he got sued. But um, it was someone who had done some research with the, you know, on the flight logs to Epstein's island on his plane. There is a John Roberts who's listed twice. And the speculation has been it was the chief justice, but somebody has done some research, which, when you think about it, it, wouldn't have been that hard. And they put together the dates he's on the manifest, and what the Supreme Court was doing, and they were holding arguments on those dates. And so it it, it would appear that John Roberts, on the flight logs, is not the chief justice, which I. I, I I take some relief in that. Um, good.
0: It's yeah. not a terribly unusual name.
1: No, no, case. it's a it's a fairly fairly uh, uh, ordinary name. Um, so, so I think that'll be interesting. I, I think that the the audits are still ongoing. There's the squabble in Arizona between uh, the, as I as I understand it, the Secretary of State and the county uh, boards of election. And a subpoena that was issued by, I guess, the legislature.
0: Yeah, I and, think we talked about that last yeah, week, and, and, is that they've issued a subpoena and it's being somewhat ignored? Well, they, they, they started an investigation
1: um, this week into whether or not a crime has been committed by ignoring the subpoena. And that's going somewhere. Yeah. And then we've got this whole thing about this Mike Lindell symposium that started yesterday, yesterday, today and tomorrow with regard to his theory that the Chinese wrongfully hacked our election, for lack of a better term, and and caused it to be uh, an outcome that was contrary to the wishes of the majority of the voters. Uh, It's
0: interesting that you mentioned that because I saw that there were new lawsuits filed by Dominion Voting Systems. And I guess they'd already sued Mike Lindell and Fox News and uh, One American News Network. One American News. Well, they sued some other people this week for pressing those same allegations against them.
1: And and you wonder, I mean, I I would think that discovery would be a lot of fun for the conspiracy theory uh, proponents. Uh, I don't know that anything will come of it. It may just be conspiracy theory, but I find it quite interesting. Um, so you know, kind of watching that, and um, I put
0: I put basically no stock in that, and I put basically no stock in Dominion Voting Systems lawsuits. Yeah, it all just to me is going to wind up being fluff or chaff at some point and just go away.
1: Yeah, and and then I uh, I've watched with sadness and interest the situation with these officers in Chicago that were murdered, or one was murdered, and the others uh, in the hospital over the weekend. And, uh, Terrible situation. There's there's body cam footage that was released today. Uh, the 911 call was released yesterday. The photographs and the video that came out uh, maybe Monday. I'm not sure of, of Lori Lightfoot showing up at the hospital and the officers that were there. And there were a number of them there turning their backs on her. It's uh, Chicago is close to being a failed state, even though it's not a state. I mean, that the, the the number of people that are shot there every weekend and the news media pays no attention to it is just phenomenal and lori lightfoot and her uh, allies and, and the people on the left keep saying guns are the problem guns are the problem guns are the problem but as you and i have talked before chicago has a very draconian set of gun control laws and it obviously doesn't work in part because nobody's punished when they violate them but you know they want to pass new gun laws so i have got my eye on that and um uh, uh, the red sox are on the skids a little bit so i'm watching that And i, I put my shirt on tonight uh, Hopeful that uh, Lucky shirt. perhaps I can uh, bring them some good luck. And and then I look, and uh, we're about two weeks from college football. So that's kind of what's on my radar. What about yours? You've got your well, hat on, or one of your hats.
0: I got a Red Sox hat on. Maybe it'll bring some uh, some change in the standings over the next week. And uh, I guess there are two items that caught my attention this week that I'm going to be looking to see what happens. But the, the first one has to do with Claims that Tucker Carlson made a few weeks ago that his emails and texts had been intercepted by the National Security Agency. Uh, he seemed very adamant about that, that no, there was no way that they could have known about some of the items that he was talking about. There were then stories that perhaps he got swept up when they were surveilling some foreign national and he was trying to get an interview with uh, someone in the Russian government. But then he was unmasked by someone in the Biden administration.
1: And that was leaked.
0: And the process is that NSA is not allowed by law to spy on Americans. Uh, however, they, if they capture their communications when they're talking with a foreign national, it's supposed to be masked as to who said it. And there are a limited number of people in the government that can ask for it to be unmasked. Well, someone had it unmasked and leaked that information. Well, this week... And this was played down as some crazy right wing conspiracy oh, it, by a lot of the mainstream media. It was
1: poo pooed, yeah. And and not only they have to there has to be a reason to unmask as well, correct?
0: There has to be a reason, but I'm not sure that it has to be a really good reason. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Basically, as I understood it, uh, in in some of the previous stories that came out uh, from the uh, the Obama administration and Mike Flynn, that essentially if the the recipient of that intelligence information believes the person needs to be unmasked so that they can fully understand the transcript they can ask for it. Uh, so that's a pretty lax, lax standard. Yeah, that's um,
1: – that's, uh, yeah.
0: But, but this week, the inspector general for the National Security Agency started an investigation. So it looks like there's something to this story. Uh, so I'm going to be following that to see what happens. Interesting. The other thing that came out just within the last day or so, that apparently several weeks ago, um, the governor of Oregon signed a bill to eliminate standards in the schools there for kind of the reading, writing, and arithmetic part of school. They didn't do a big signing ceremony. They've kept it under wraps. For like Um, two or three weeks, they kept it under wraps. That's right. That's right. And
1: and then they didn't publish it on the... Website like they were supposed to, and then they said, "Well, whoever does that was on vacation." But the problem is, there were other things that happened at the same time that got published, and this did not.
0: And so, hard to understand this story. Uh, you know, there's some uh, talk that it's all in pursuit of, of equity in the schools, which is a vague concept. But you're not going to have standards for kids graduating from high school. Yeah, apparently. And then, uh, and, and then the Democrats going to give them two years of free community college, it's hard to see that anyone's really going to care in high school or the first two years of college. Uh, how do we compete in the world if we don't even have standards to graduate kids from high school?
1: The, the way I understand the, the, that law is you don't have to be able to read, you don't have to be able to write, and you don't have to be able to do basic math to graduate from high school in the state of Oregon because those objective standards with regard to reading, writing, and arithmetic, as you said, are racist. That, that's the rationale for, that they use to, to set aside the standards. I'm reminded of when then Lieutenant Governor Jim Hunt ran for governor the first time in 1976, and his, one of his core messages was people were graduating from high school and couldn't read in this state. And he implemented. I'm not sure if it was in his first term or his second. I think it was his first, but he implemented a, what's, what was then called a competency test in the state of North Carolina that you had to take as a junior and you had to pass before you could graduate that was supposed to, and I think did, establish a, a minimum level of understanding of concepts related to the basics, of the three R's, if you will. Uh, And now we have the Democrat Party, um, at least in the state of Oregon, headed in entirely the opposite direction. And that is just hard to get your head
0: around. Well, it's called the soft bigotry of low expectation. We should have high expectations for every child out there and expect the best.
1: And that is so true. Um, And and, and in everything we do, I mean, expectations are what sets everything in motion. Uh, If you don't expect success. If you don't expect excellence, you're not going to get it.
0: So I'm going to watch that story and see that now that now that it's come to light, if there's some reaction to it in the state of Oregon. We'll see what happens over the next week.
1: We will indeed.
0: Well, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Let's Think About That podcast. You can contact us at comments at letsthinkpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe on your podcast provider and leave us a review.
1: And check us out on Twitter.